Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm an introvert. I like to work alone in my office. I can eat by myself in a restaurant. I can even go to the movies by myself. doesn't bother me at all. Of course, I would rather have my wife and kids there, but I don't really have a problem being alone. I don't feel lonely. I feel refreshed and rejuvenated. How about you? Are you an introvert living in an extroverted world? Well, today I want to introduce you to Chelsea Brooke, who helps introverted women strip away everything they've been told, uncover who they really are, and guide them to find their authentic path. She's a professional counselor and pathfinder coach whose message of empowerment, embracing your strengths, and creating a life you love is really applicable to any personality type or gender. Now, in this episode, three things that I truly believe you will walk away with is, one, you'll learn the challenges that introverts face in an extroverted world. Either you're going to resonate with those, or I hope you will be informed by them as an extrovert. You'll learn about us introverts and what we go through in this outward-focused, running-fast, extroverted world that we live in. And you'll learn how to embrace your superpowers as an introvert, and finally, how to advocate for yourself among extroverts. Now, at the end of this conversation, I had a chance to reminisce a bit about the town where I grew up, which just happens to be where Chelsea lives now. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Chelsea Brooke. Well, Chelsea, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're talking about introvert, extrovert, all those good personality topics today. When did you first begin to recognize yourself as an introvert? Yeah, great question. Well, always, I'll say. Um, I never remember a time that I I didn't know there was something kind of different about me, you know, that I was always, uh, I had been called at least sometimes, um, you know, awkward, withdrawn, antisocial, quiet, all those things. I was encouraged to speak up, participate more, all the lovely things that introverts get told. It really makes you feel like, okay, what's wrong with me then? Yeah, and it's not motivating at all. No. It really doesn't want me to make me want to participate more when you're telling me that my behavior is off and you feel like I'm being antisocial. Um, but I was fortunate enough to be raised by a mom who's an introvert and an empath. And so she always encouraged my quiet strengths, but we didn't know to call it introversion. So even though I had her support in it, I still received all this feedback, you know, from other people, friends, family, that you know, you need to participate more, that you're awkward, that you're too quiet and stuff like that. So I remember a specific story when I was a teenager and, you know, as a teen, being able to navigate complex social relationships is pretty important. It's a hard time in and of itself, no matter what personality type you are. I I have two teens. Well, my daughter just turned 20 this past month. So it is so challenging as a parent to help them navigate that. Yeah, it's really brutal. Yes, exactly. So I remember um, I was hanging out with my friends all day and I really thought I was doing well. Like I thought I was successfully kind of faking being an extrovert. I thought I was participating. (laughs) I was doing great. And then it's toward the end of the day. So my, you know, social batteries are really drained at this point, but I I was feeling pretty good. I I thought I had done well. And then one of my friends turns to me and says, Chelsea, are you okay? You know, you've been so quiet all today. Is something wrong? 
And I was like, are you serious? At first, I just felt such shame. I was like, on my head, of course, you know, I'm not saying anything. All this is going on in my head. I'm like, why can't you just participate more? Why can't you just talk? Why can't you be normal like other people? And then I'm, I feel kind of angry because I'm like, really? I've been making good eye contact and laughing and smiling and nodding the whole time. Am I not participating? <laughs> because as an introvert, so often that's what we do. We participate through our observation, our nonverbal. Um, but I, yeah, that was just one of many awkward social moments that I had that definitely made me feel like I didn't quite fit in. So I've known for a while that I'm an introvert and that that can be challenging. (laughs) I have had a giant smile on my face, which people can't see if they're listening to the podcast the entire time you're talking about this, because I relate, you know, I, people don't necessarily think of me as an introvert because I have been kind of a up there, out there personality, you know, speaking or, you know, all of this. But you can turn things on and turn things off, you know, in terms of needing to perform or something. But man, I relate to that, the (laughs) feelings of awkwardness. I remember, I was just telling the story to somebody the other day. I remember, I think I was in kindergarten or first grade. We were in Kmart, all right, as a family, because Kmart was big back then, Chelsea. I know it's not cool now, but it was the target of the day. The blue light special, everybody went running for it. And... um. I saw saw a classmate. I didn't say hi. I just like, like, I don't know if I didn't even acknowledge them. I got in so much trouble by my parents because I didn't Uh, acknowledge them, you know, and talk to them. So I get it. It started early. Yeah. We're so encouraged to be so social and outgoing. I mean, that is the key word. You have to be outgoing and energetic. And you- So what would you say are some of the superpowers of those of us who are more introverts in terms of bringing, and I think of these superpowers in several categories. One is just um, life in general, you know, experiencing of life, maybe relationships also, and then also in the workplace. Um, how, how do those superpowers play out in those contexts? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because a lot of times introverts can, where we can feel like we're focusing on our weaknesses too much, but we definitely have a ton of strengths that we bring to the table as well. So some of them that come to mind for me is definitely the power of an observation. In our crazy chaotic world today, you know, we're not always taking time to reflect and we that is so important for both the personal development and to I mean, to grow as a person and, and in your relationship and everything. So having that time for reflection and being okay with silence. I know introverts are naturally okay with silence. We're kind of told that we're not supposed to be quiet and in conversations and it's awkward and nobody wants the awkward silence and all that. But if we're genuine with ourselves, like introverts are okay with that. And I think that's such a gift because that is where you know, creativity thrives. There's so much research that suggests that being alone and having that silence, even for extroverts, actually brings about more creative ideas than if we're all in a group, because then we just get in this group think and we're not being unique anymore individuals. So those things, um, a lot of times introverts will be some of the most prepared people because we don't want to be caught off guard. And we've had so many kind of awkward, um, situations that we've encountered that we don't want that. So we try to be as prepared as possible. We like to be organized. Um, And I think one of the things that really stands out to me is if an introvert speaks, then you know it's from a thoughtful place. Like they've given, they're going to give you a thoughtful response. It's not just going to be, oh, I hear that. And here's the first thing that I'm thinking of. Like they've, they've thought about it. They thought about the response and 
and what the best way to come about it would be. So I think just, and those are just a few of the strengths that come to mind. Yeah. So the first one was, um, the audio broke up just a little bit. I want to make sure people get that is the observation, right? The power of observation that an introvert can quietly look and see a variety of things that are going on. The second one that you mentioned was, um, the creating space in conversation, the quiet, being comfortable with silence as an introvert. Like you kind of, you crave that having silence and solitude and in conversation, you know, when you're with people, we don't, always feel like we have to talk. We're encouraged or we're told that okay, you always have to have the conversation going. You've got to be, you know, social and make connections, but we're okay if we're just hanging out and you're over here doing your thing and I'm over here doing my thing. Like that can be spending time together. Like we don't have to be having a constant conversation for us to spend time together. So just being comfortable with silence, both in relationships and then personally being okay to take time away in, in solitude. I think that's a huge strength that we have. I have found over the years that I work best in silence in the work mm-hmm. environment. So like the whole idea of a co-working space, oh my gosh, I, I just want to like stab myself in the eye. Just the <laughs> worst ever. Like I'm hanging out with strangers that I don't know and people are, you know, no. I want to be in my own office, yeah. quiet, doing my thing, making it happen. Have a have a meeting, mm-hmm. one or just two meetings in the day, you know, but I get it. Okay, so uh, power of observation. Um, there's not a concern about silence. Uh, what was the third one? Remind me again. Um, I think being prepared. Prepared. Yes. And organized. Yeah. Yes, definitely need to be prepared. Um, I feel that way. I don't like to be caught off guard. I feel embarrassed. Like if I'm not prepared for something, oh, it's the worst. It's It's such a vulnerable feeling. We don't like to see that. So a lot of times we won't, um, you know, a lot of extroverts are like, oh, I'll just wing it. And we're like, I can't do that. <laughs> so yeah. we are. So a lot of times, like I said, we, that's why we give thoughtful responses. If we're, you know, giving you some information or we we're having a, a dialogue with someone we're, we're listening. So it may take us longer to respond to you because we're actually listening. And that's another huge strength um, that we're awesome listeners and we're okay with that role. And that's a huge part of communication is being able to be a good listener. I mean, we hear so much about that and I don't think introverts are given enough credit that we do that naturally. So that's another big one too. Yes. Listening. That is, I have, I listen to so many people, Chelsea. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, why? And I don't feel the need to necessarily, you know, share my part. Like sometimes I'll share, you know, I'll even have a friend who is a definite extrovert and she will, she will stop the conversation on the phone and she'll say, okay, what do you want to tell me? Like she, <laughs> she'll, you know, she's just like, and but, but I love it because then it's like, oh, okay, here's my prompt. I'm going to now talk about what I want to talk. She, cause she knows otherwise she'll just talk the whole time, you know? Right. That's a good friend to have. Yeah. Sometimes we need that prompting. It's not that we don't have anything to say. We're just kind of waiting to be asked because we think that's polite. Yeah. And a lot of people. Like yep. Oh man. I listen to a lot of people. <laughs> All right. So you spend a lot of um, time and energy coaching women to find their passion and their purpose. And, uh, and I encourage people to, we'll obviously list your website, but it's the pathfinder It'll be in our show notes, of course. And you have lots of great content. You're an excellent writer, by the way, which introverts, <laughs> oftentimes introverts are excellent writers. How is your coaching process unique for mm-hmm 
an introverted woman versus maybe working with someone who is extroverted? How, how is that unique? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, well, obviously, your personality affects a lot. It kind of affects everything that you do. It affects um, your thoughts, your behaviors, how you interact, what kind of activities you like, what kind of environment you would like to be in. And I think a lot of times our um, passion and our purpose comes out of who we are. And so for introverts, that's a unique process because we kind of have to unlearn what we've been told all of our lives. Like, even if you're like, you're fortunate enough to have parents who understand that you're introverts, chances are you're not going to grow up and not have anyone, your peers, your teachers, your friends, family, somebody's going to make comments that suggest that you're not being social enough or you're not getting out there, some kind of negative comment. So a lot of times, one of the first things I work with um, with my clients is to kind of unlearn uh, what you have maybe thought about yourself before and then to take off all those labels that have been placed on you. Like we can, sometimes introverts are like, yeah, I'm just shy. Well, actually shyness is a social anxiety and it's not even a personality you know type at all being you can be an extrovert and be shy so we can unknowingly take on these labels that have been given to us that of course affect our self-esteem our self-belief and then what career we would choose so i think unlearning the wrongs that we've been told to get to the core of who you actually are not what you think you should be and then Another part of that is really understanding the introvert brain. I know for me, when I learned more about that and learned that we actually use a longer pathway in the brain, like the way the introverts and extroverts respond and process to outside stimulation and conversations and things like that is different. So understanding what's going on in your brain, it gives you um, so much more confidence to know what's going on. And, and that is also going to help you release the limitations that you probably put on yourself. Like a lot of introverts think, I, you know, I, I can't respond quick enough. Like I'm, I'm not witty enough or whatever it is. And reframing that to realize, no, actually, I process information deeply and I really give thought to my answers. So learning to reframe all of that, I think, makes it a very unique process because introverts have to unlearn some of the things that they've been told and then learn who they really are and learn to appreciate those strengths. Yes. So unlearning and relearning, relearning uh, even the the way that our brains are uniquely wired and how that's different. Okay. How many parties have you been to recently, Chelsea? Like in the last seven, eight months, 2019, we're having this conversation. How many parties have you been to? You're a younger person. You probably get invited to lots of parties. Oh, me. Um, I work so much. <laughs> uh, do family events count? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, probably, I don't know, probably at least 10, I would say. Okay. When you have someone invite you to a party. Yeah. And you don't know, you know, maybe it's a birthday party or something. You don't know many people. Are you excited? Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? Are you dreading it? yeah I think that's an important point uh for introverts like even for events that we might be looking forward to there's a part of us that secretly hopes it'll be canceled and so (laughs) the pressure is taken off of us um and there's just kind of this it's not that you don't want to do something I think it's the anticipation of the energy that you know you're going to have to expend there that is what makes it draining. So you could be thinking about a party that's next week and you already feel drained today when you think about it. Yes. <laughs> that's a good point. I will go with my wife to like the end of the year. She's a teacher. So we'll go to the end of the year parties or, you know, those Christmas parties. 
things and I'm just dying. And so I end, <laughs> I end up in the kitchen of somebody's house working because if I have a task, then I feel like I'm a part, I'm participating. If I have a task, then I can talk to people and I feel less uncomfortable. I'm talking about the task. I'm talking about the food, but man, you put me in a room with people I don't know. And if I don't have a purpose or a task, I'm just going to yeah. shrivel. Yeah. Oh, that's such an important point. That's true. Introverts feel so much better when uh, we kind of have something to occupy ourselves. That's why you'll see introverts at parties like they are taking care of something or they're like over in the corner just like playing with the, the cat or the dog or whatever <laughs> that they can do to look like they're still participating, but then have that um, that safe zone that they're in. That's so true. And then when I ended up talking to someone and we find a commonality yeah. I love it. You know, we're talking and I love asking them lots of questions. Um, but it's the surface conversation is really tough for me. That's really tough. The small talk is super draining because it's not meaningful. And so that's something that I always make a point to people is introverts actually want connection, but they want the real connection. You know, they want meaningful conversation. You get them talking about something that they love and you won't be able to shut them up. But if you try to just ask them about the weather, you you're going to struggle with that. And it's because we want the real connection and we don't want the surface level stuff. Oh man, I relate to that so much. Yes. Parties. My wife just had her 30th. Let's see. 30th. Yes. 30th high school reunion. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a big event. <laughs> and it was a small school, small Christian school that doesn't even exist anymore. The school closed. And so there oh. were going to be maybe 35, you know, as a small event. And, <clears throat> that morning we were walking through target and I got uh, snippy. I got a little snippy at her about something. And I, I was like, Whoa, what is going on inside of me? And my, our daughter was with us. And I said, I said, babe, I'm so stressed about tonight. Like I'm just so, and I even helped her plan the event. I helped her promote it. I helped come up with the games. I, ca I came up with the flow of the event and I'm dreading going. And it didn't hit me until that morning. And I, it, it came up through me being kind of, um, you know, direct with her on something. And I, I just said, I'm just dying. And she said, oh, you don't, you, you don't have to go. It's okay. I said, no, really, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. I should be there. I, that's the, what a good husband would do is I would be there. You know, and she's like, no, I realize it's going to cause you stress. Like, don't worry about it. It's all good. And mm -hmm. I could feel walking through Target, the stress just, just release out of my body. It was just gone. And I felt like, oh, today's Wait, yeah. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah do. And you speak to another point that a lot of introverts deal with is the, the guilt that comes from not attending certain things or, or having to say no. Like I think a lot of introverts struggle with that because we're like always at odds with what society expects of us. Like there's these events that we should go to and we feel like we should. And then part of us really just wants to say no and we struggle with how to do that. So yeah, that's another huge part, setting boundaries. Okay. So how can introverts educate the people around them, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, whatever, in order to kind of set themselves up to win. Like my wife knows me, we've been married 25 years. She knows, okay, that's going to be a stressful situation for you. But as you're yeah. just getting to know people, how do you educate them in a way that's not setting up a PowerPoint presentation for them or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, 
So it kind of reminds me of basically how can introverts advocate for themselves? Because nobody else is going to do it. Like you kind of have to be your own advocate. And that even that word can create anxiety and stress for introverts because we're thinking the typical advocate or if you go advocate for something, you're thinking you got to be out there. You got to you got to give a lot of energy. You got to be super social and energetic and, you know, really go speak about your cause. So the first thing I say is, you know, let go of any idea that you have about what it means to advocate because advocating as an introvert is a completely different process. So the first step I tell people is to learn about yourself and understand yourself. That having that knowledge really is power, especially for an introvert, because you're always going to be at odds with our extroverted society. So understanding, you know, why you feel the way you do, why you want alone time, um, how your brain works and why you think and behave the way that you do is so empowering. So that's the first step. Um, And then the second step is really just, Um, to educating other people is just being you and making it okay. You know, not making excuses for um, why you're not there. You can simply say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. And that can be okay. You know, you don't always have to have a reason. You don't have to have the guilt that comes from feeling like you're letting somebody down just because you're doing what's really best for you. And then the third part I would say is learn how to work with your strengths. A lot of times as introverts, we feel like we have to kind of put on our extrovert face or our extrovert facade while we're going out and about while we're working. And then we feel so relaxed and home is such a safe place because that's where we feel like we can just be us. So I encourage people to figure out, you know, what it looks like to be you at work. If genuine for you is to participate more through observation and nodding and smiling, and then, you know, you want to send a follow-up email after the meeting as opposed to talking so much during the meeting then that's great. Work with your strengths instead of feeling like you need to change and be an extrovert. So I'm in some leadership roles in a a number of nonprofit organizations in my area. And I am very aware of the introverts that are in those contexts at, you know, gatherings or events that we might have. And because I'm in a leadership role, I'm in an extrovert moment. You know, I'm, I'm out there, I'm, I'm leading the charge. And I think one of the things that extroverts can do to help us introverts is to play the role of an introducer. You know, I'm always looking out for that person who's on the margin that is petting the dog that is off on their own, that is looking awkward and going, how can I draw that person in to help them make a connection with somebody that may have a similarity or, you know, something that they have a commonality and get them talking Um, because it's, I find that it's just that initial hurdle of making that connection is so hard for me. But if I have someone to help me get over that hurdle and in the same way, um, how can I play that role for other people? You know, whether it's a family gathering or a party or wherever it is, how can I get my muster, my extrovert itness in there and, and help people connect? I think that can be super helpful. I don't, do you, do you find that to be the case? Yeah, definitely. It reminds me of what we were talking about earlier, that if we can get into meaningful conversation, like if if we could just jump right in and, and forget the small talk, then we would be so much more comfortable. And I think where um, we as introverts get stuck is how do you make that transition from small talk to meaningful conversation without just seeming like that person who just is so serious all the time and and you feel like you can't connect with them. So that's, that's another important point is just... Um, I know when I was younger, I would have pre-written statements or questions that I would just 
kind of have in my mind if I got stuck or if I knew that I was going to be with friends or even meeting new people, um, questions that went past, you know, what's your favorite color? <laughs> like, I want to get to more, you know, what do you do? Like, okay, well, what drew you into that? Like, what about that just really stands out to you? And you get to more meaningful conversations with intelligently designed questions. And that kind of takes away the anxiety as well. Yes. So good. Okay. So what are some of the ways that people could work with you specifically? Cause I know you coach people in this area and you are so thoughtful. So, uh, like you know, your stuff. I love talking to you about this. This is so good. Uh, what are some ways that people can work with you if this is resonating with them? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, one of the things is if you want to learn more about this and you feel like you are resonating with what we're talking about, I would suggest starting with my free training series. And that's going to give you um, what's going to go over three categories. The first is how to discover your passion. So you're going to get a five-step template within that free training series that really walks you through you know, everything you need to think about to figure out your path and passion. And then the second part of the training is to help you develop more self-belief and to, you know, unlearn all those labels and things that don't fit to find who you actually are. And the final part is how to create that success mindset, you know, how to put everything together and learn the, you know, the skills, the habits, the how-to and and owning your schedule and just putting everything together so you can actually achieve the life that you want to. So um, people can get that at thepathfinderforyou.com slash free. I'm sure we can include that in the notes as well. And then um, if you sign up for that, there's also a free coaching call. I offer free 30-minute coaching calls. So that link is at the bottom of that first email as well. So those are two really good ways that I would suggest people get started. That's great. And ultimately, you work with people. You'll coach people either in person or via Zoom video to help them embrace their introversion and make it their superpower. Absolutely. Yeah. It already is. You just have to learn how to strip away everything that doesn't fit and uncover who you truly are. Yeah. And as a side note for people to know, uh, it just happens that Chelsea lives in the town that I grew up in. I now live in Southern California and you live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. uh, which your accent is so nice. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you're like, what, what accent? I don't have an accent. I know, exactly. You can't hear it yourself, but yeah. Yeah. And that town, if you have ever been to Kentucky, you know, most people think of Louisville where I was born or Lexington, but Bowling Green is the best. It's like a mid-sized town. I don't know. What is there now? 50, 60, 70,000, something like that? Probably. Yeah. It's not the biggest, but it's not the smallest either. So it's, it's a good mix. Yeah. And there's Western Kentucky University, which you, where you attended. I lived literally right next door uh, to the university. I went to all the basketball games and football games and, oh, it's just a great city. I have so many fond memories. Um, I grew up, it's not, I don't think it's the greatest neighborhood now, but I grew up at 1415 Nutwood Street. I have several, there's several, several, I lived on several, um, uh, streets around that area. I went to TC Cherry Elementary School. I go there frequently. Yeah, I still do therapy as well. So I what? Yeah, that's so and cool. They tore down the original elementary school. I do know that, and they built a new one. So there was a pool there that um, was a community pool, and I think it was like ten or twenty bucks for the summer. And you could just—I'd ride my bike there, 
get in the pool all day. It was a totally different world because I just ride my bike all over town, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure kids probably still do that there, but I live in Southern California. It's a little different. It's a little busier, a little crazier. <laughs> so anyway, what a, what a fun place. I'm glad you yeah. live there. Make that connection. I know. Yeah. Okay. So the Pathfinder for you.com slash free. And we'll put that in our show notes. Uh, you can swipe up on your phone to find that now, or you can go to insporising.com and you can find all of those show notes uh, there. So Chelsea, I really have enjoyed this. You are uh, amazing. And uh, I want to get some more people connected to you. So Yes. Thank great. you so much. It was super fun. Yeah. Great to have you on the show. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, if you're looking for support and encouragement as you get unstuck, clarify your goals, and take your life to the next level, I want to personally invite you to join the Inspiration Rising Insiders private Facebook group. This is the place to be for exclusive coaching content that I provide on a regular basis, as well as engaging conversations around the topics that we are presenting in the podcast episodes. So go to insporising.com slash insiders. That's insporising.com slash insiders. Click join, answer a couple questions, and I'll invite you into this dynamic private Facebook group. All right, until next time, have a wonderful week.